2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 has entered the podcast. I am your co-host, Michael Peterson, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and with me, as always, well, at least most of the time, is my co-host with the co-most. Derek Murkison, a.k.a. Merkman, a.k.a. Full Metal Merk. Merkasaurus Rex, baby. Raw. Macaroni and cheese. Macaroni and cheese. Squish, squish. <laughs> I'm trying to get that to stick. <laughs> so, welcome back, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Good, Good to see you. And uh, today is a very special day because we are actually in the same room. Oh, yeah. Go figure. And we got two separate mics set up. This is like an actual podcast. All we need now is a camera capturing us and then maybe somebody else doing the editing for me. And I'll be as professional as your big boy is. There you go. Oh, my God. If I could one day get somebody else to edit for me, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> so what's going on with you this week, man? I mean, I, ain't, uh, I mean, I talked to you a little bit here and there, but... Yeah, you know. this week... Well, first, I just want to talk about uh, what happened last week where I missed. My dad, he had a heart attack last Friday, but he is good. They put stents in his heart and pushed all that fat out of his arteries and whatnot. So he was just kind of blocked up? Yeah, he was... Uh, Bro, that's so good to hear. He was 100% blocked in one artery and 80% in another. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so he was... Too many cheeseburgers or... That was... You... you I don't fucking know, man. You don't know. You don't know what your dad be getting down on. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, I feel like that's gonna be my problem. Well, here's the thing: I was talking to him about it recently. He stopped eating. Well, not recently, like within the last five years, he stopped eating like sugar and stuff that's bad for you. That's good. And he was like, "Well, it was it was too little, too late." <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It might not have been though. Yeah, I mean, I mean who knows? True. If he hadn't have stopped, maybe that heart attack wouldn't have been one that they, he'd be able to come back from. Yeah, you know? and it's so funny because uh, when I called him. He just answered the phone like nothing. Happy to say, hello? <laughs> Yo, what up? He said, yeah, what's up, man? And just making jokes and you stuff. You still playing that Mickey Mouse ass game? <laughs> pretty much. And it was uh, it was just so, so, so good. So just, I can't describe it as anything other than a blessing because I feel like anybody else would have just took out. That's amazing, man. Yeah, so. No, I'm really happy for you. And you know what the cool thing is? And this is something I've heard from heart attack survivors who've had those stents put in. It makes your heart stronger. Like. Yeah. It's harder for his heart to get blocked now, so the odds of this happening to him again are probably low. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they told the doctor told him that or I don't or know. About but that. Uh, yeah, he's home now, so I'm gonna go see him tomorrow today. If you're listening, if you're listening to it on Sunday, and see how he's doing, and let him see his grandbaby and have a good old time. So I haven't actually met your father, have I? No, I, don't I met so. your mom. But yeah, you remember mom. Does he? Is there a particular reason? I mean, I don't want to get into your personal business, but is there a particular reason why he doesn't show up? Like, because I've been to your birthday party, like your Norris birthday parties and stuff like that, and he hasn't been there. Oh, actually, uh, he did come to the last birthday party. He was just late. Oh, yeah, I think he was. So I might not have caught him. Yeah, he was working, or my stepmom was working, so they he's had to working come real late. hard. Okay, yeah. What's he do for a living? He works at Kroger. Okay, and he's been working there for about twelve years. Wow. Okay. So uh, I don't know what he's about to do now. Yeah, I, know, I, right? I definitely don't think he wants to go back and do that. Yeah. But uh, just, uh, I mean, he lives in Beach Grove and just, you know, sometimes people just got their own stuff going on and you don't get around to hanging out as much as you should. So definitely going to try and uh, get together more often now, though. It's a big wake up call. Yeah, yeah, no, you never know when your number's up, and I, I know I, I constantly think about how I need to try to eat better. I've been eating pretty good lately, though. I've been stuck on eating a particular lunch. Have you ever heard of oyakodon? No. Oyakodon, and I'm probably pronouncing it incorrectly, It it's Japanese, and it roughly translates to father-son rice bowl. Ooh. And it is a Japanese dish I learned just watching YouTube, like, randomly. Some dude was like, I'm going to show you how to make the best rice dish, and I'm like, uh, do tell. 
Right. <laughs> and essentially, you mix in, you cook up onions. I use shallots because I like the taste of shallots. But you cook up like they usually use white onions and some dark meat chicken, like chicken thighs. And you add some mirin, which is like Japanese rice wine. You add some soy sauce. You add some hadashi, hondashi, I think. Hadashi? It's like these, yeah, yeah. It's like these little itty bitty rice balls that like make kind of broth, like fish broth, mm. kind of like it's lighter, less salt content than miso. For, oh, okay. For, and and it holds really well. Like I got a big old box of hondashi. It's gonna last me forever. So I went on Amazon and ordered most of the ingredients. In fact, one of the things I'm feeling this week is the topping I put on top of oyakodon. So <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, but all right. I'm, I'm telling y'all, get on Amazon and order this particular thing I'm gonna talk about. But yeah, it's. It's just chicken, rice, and eggs, and I cook it myself. I do it every day. I've been eating oyakodon every day for lunch for the past, like, three weeks. Oh, wow. Because it's just good. I haven't gotten tired of it. You know what I mean? And it's easy to make, and it tastes really good, and so that's been cool. And then just trying to watch my portions. I, it's been really easy for me, especially being home all the time, to just snack. Right. I want to snack, and I'm still not – I haven't turned this boat around, but – it's on my mind. Like, I, I really got to pull things back. The rough thing is, is I don't shop, and my wife does, and she has a bit of a sweet tooth. Like, if I was shopping for myself, I just wouldn't buy any snacks because I know that I can't handle having snacks in the house. Right. But she does buy snacks, so they're here, and I see them, and I'm like, mm, Yeah, me, and, uh, me and Vicky are snackers. Yeah. Big, big snackers. Yeah, it is what it is. So, I mean, one of the things I guess you can do to help yourself with snacking, you know, it tells you, like, say, let's use, like, a bag of Takis, for example, right? Hot Cheetos and Takis. Hot Cheetos and Takis. That's right. Can't get enough. (laughs) So, I like Taquitos and Takis. They'll tell you, like, okay, so every 7 to 14 Takis, whatever it is, is, like, 100 calories, right? Mm -hmm. So, you could take and separate them out in a Tupperware or into, like, little baggies, and then have your pre-made talkie snacks and just know in your brain, I'm getting my talkie fix. I'm just eating less. Because if you just b- bust open that bag, it's over. Yeah. It's a wrap. That's like me. If I bust open that oatmeal cream pie. Boy. Big, big boy box. <laughs> it's going. Two or three of them must. Yeah. But if you just, if you pay a little bit of extra attention and maybe even write your, if you can go so far as to write your calories down, there's apps to help you with that or whatever. It does make a significant difference. Like I lost 60 pounds in two years just counting my calories. Right. So it does work. And I ate whatever I wanted. I just ate a little bit less. Right. right? So that's that's the key, to be honest. So yeah, I'm starting off some lifestyle yeah. talk. You know what I'm saying? You got you to be healthy out yeah, there, game. We're sitting on our butt way too long. We got to offset that. Anything else going on this week? Or? Uh, No, pretty much just I've been taking it kind of easy just because of everything that was happening. And now I'm trying to get back into the groove. I feel you. Yeah, not not much for me to update either, to be completely honest. Halloween's around the corner. I'm getting kind of excited. And again, I'm also getting worried I'm not going to be able to fit in my costume. Uh, stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but current events, I did want to talk about a couple of things that were going on kind of in my, on my radar, things that I did accomplish this week. I finished Umbrella Academy Season 2. Okay. I know that you don't particularly like that show. Did you even get to Season 2? I, like I, you... I got to maybe the, the second or third episode. Okay. It finished strong. Okay. And I'm into it, but I was starting to kind of feel it. Like when Kristen was like, let's sit down and watch Umbrella Academy. And I'm like, I, I, okay. But then once I started watching it, I was actually into it. So it's just one of those things where, for whatever reason, it doesn't get me excited when I think about it. But then I actually finish watching it and I enjoy it. I think there are some really good moments. And I think that it suffers. I think we talked about this before. It suffers from that Netflix issue where... Everything is just like artificially stretched out Mm -hmm. and it suffers. But there's, I mean, Klaus remains to be the star of the show for me. Yeah. He tells a parable 
to Allison. <laughs> so he tells Allison, he tries to like cheer her up. He goes, have you ever heard the story of the frog and the scorpion? <laughs> and like he begins in a very Klaus way to talk about, you know, the frog working a deal with the scorpion where the scorpion rides on the frog's back across the river and the scorpion stings him. At the end, she's like, what was the point of that story, Klaus? He's like, the point is, frogs are bitches, and we don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> and uh, it may have been because I was high, but I laughed at that for like 10 minutes straight. <laughs> like, I couldn't stop laughing. It was so good. But yeah, no, the the show overall, I dig it. I think if you're in, super, like, if you're in that type of show already, you're going to like it. If you're not, it just depends on what type of mood you're in, to be honest. But speaking of good shows, Mandalorian Season 2 is dropping in October. Yeah. October 30th, yes, I think? Yes, October 30th. Is that right? Okay, yep. okay, good. That was on your radar, too, I remember. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Going to be a lot of Baby Yodas this holiday season. Yeah, I'm definitely going to binge that. You got any heads up on how they're going to do Halloween in your neighborhood? No, nope. I don't usually... Uh... You don't have like any kind of neighborhood associate? Well, you just yeah. moved in. Yeah, but I don't usually uh, partake in it Yeah, as far as just going out and getting candy. Oh, yeah. Because I don't... Even with Nora? I mean, well, I know she's, she's not quite old yeah, enough yet. But. We haven't gotten to that point yet, so I have no idea. We've been going out the last two years with Ben. Like, his first year, we, he was definitely too small because he wasn't quite a year old yet. But after, when he was almost two, he went. He didn't really understand, but he went. And then last year, he enjoyed it a lot more. And this year, our neighborhood association was talking about possibly having people with candy, like, just drive around and then people coming, being in their yards. Throwing and the it at their yard, kids. Throw, yeah, just throw candy at the kids. <laughs> Just like, here, take candy. Throw that stupid Snickers. Faces. Yeah. Just, yeah, pelt him with a Snickers bar. <laughs> Which would be fine, I guess. You know, like, we'll, we'll probably collect the candy with the Lysol, let it sit there for a second. And then, yeah. and then, I don't know. We never usually let Ben keep the candy anyways. And luckily, he's never really needed or wanted to. Although, he is starting to get more curious about candy. Because as a kid gets older and interacts with more people, there's a lot of people like, hey, kid. Here's some candy. Right. They- yeah, and here, here's my issue with the driving around and getting in front of your house. You know, they're they're sickos. Yeah. And now they know where you you, you and your kids live. Mm. That's that's a thing that would scare me about. Wow. That. I no, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's actually yeah, but within the neighborhood. Well, I guess you're right. Yeah, they, I mean, you know. Yeah. It's just a, just a thought. I'm always they, they can just drive around, shop for the kids. They like, oh, damn, Jesus dude. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a downer to think about, but you're you're kind of right. Your dad instincts are better than mine. I'm just like, go on out there in your birthday suit, kid, get some candy. <laughs> hey, what's that, a white van over there passing out a bunch of candy? Get in there. A bunch of candy. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't got no windows? Cool. It must be filled to the brim. I'm going to get in the van and get that candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we did buy outfits, and I want to do something with them. So we'll, we'll we'll be keeping an eye out. If they allow us to go door to door, we probably will. All of us are wearing Spider Man outfits, so our faces will be completely covered. Like we have the ultimate masks, nice. we'll be fine. But we'll we'll see how it goes. So I've been watching a lot of Taskbot runs lately. I know I had briefly mentioned to that earlier. You hadn't previously heard about ta- Taskbot, right? Do you follow GDQ or any kind of like speed running community? Any of that game's done quick stuff? No, not really. They're amazing watching a speedrunner play a game. You know what I mean? Like, you, especially a really hard game. When you watch speedrunners play something like Cuphead or Dark Souls and they just kind of go through and you're like, whoa. Yeah. Like, it's it's almost a work of art. Actually, uh, just to interject, I saw somebody. I don't know. He speed, he speed ran, ran uh, East 8 in oh. under two hours. So okay, I'll have to yeah. look up East 8 speedruns. Yeah, he did it in like an like, hour and 56 minutes. That's pretty good. And I was like, how? Like, like fresh? Like it wasn't a new yeah, game from, plus? Yeah, from beginning to the end. Amazing. It may have been New Game Plus, but even so, yeah. that's a 
it's impressive. 60 hour game. Yeah, no, that's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, so TASBOT, TAS, T-A-S stands for Tool Assisted Speedrun. And there's even, a, I think, a YouTube channel, like something or other keeper of the TASBOT. Like if you look up TASBOT, you'll find that channel because I think he's the only one that has a TASBOT. But he's constantly traveling to different speedrunning events. And there's this whole community that programs for TASBOT. And it's an emulator that can actually be played or it can be programmed to play inputs for an actual system. So they'll, they'll often set up like real top loader NESs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you basically just play through the game and like, let's use Final Fantasy, the original one, for example. Okay. If you're playing through as all white mages and you only have one white mage left and the white mage only has 25 HP, you can manipulate when your run from battle is successful and when you get into a battle. You can manipulate what type of attacks the enemies do because you know the RNG and how it works. Mm. So you can attack, and if they attack with this, you can wait a space and then attack, but you have to like rewind, and then they'll do a different attack and you record that. So I'll, often these tool-assisted speedruns will have thousands upon thousands of re-records of people trying a scenario, it not working the way they want, them running it back and trying again. And the result is this masterpiece tapestry of a playthrough from start to finish that is perfectly played. And it is just awe-inspiring to see. So I, I would uh, recommend anybody who, you know, just wants something chill to check out. Like today, I think I watched somebody beat Super Mario Brothers 2 in 18 minutes. And they mainly play with Toad because he runs faster when he's carrying something. Mm-hmm. But there's a couple where they played as Luigi because of his long jump. And they did this trick where they would just shoot up ladders really fast by pressing up and down really fast. And this is something I don't think a human can actually do with the controller, but Taspot right. can. Mm. You know, so... Really interesting to see. But Skynet can. Yeah, Skynet can. <laughs> yeah, Taskbot loves video games. Let's just hope he keeps on doing it. And they raise tons of money. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen GDQ at all, but like they raise so much money for cancer research and other things. Just people that love to watch that will come in and they'll do charity events all the time. So definitely cool to support or follow them on Twitch or check out their re-uploads on YouTube if you have a chance. Sweet. What you been playing this week? Actually, since I beat Ghost of Tsushima a couple weeks ago, I... I'm now playing Trails of Cold Steel 3 again. Trails of Cold Steel 3? How's that going? It's going really good. Really well. It's going really well. Um, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. The story is really starting to pick up. I think I'm the second to last chapter. I'm about 50 hours in, so I'm looking to finish it by the next podcast. So. Cool. Yeah, hopefully I get that done, and then I can move on to a number of the other games in my backlog. I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish it this year, but I did, definitely did want to go back to it. I think my JRPG that's that's going to be taking up most of my time in the immediate future is going to be Tokyo Xanadu. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, also, I picked up Death Stranding okay. and started playing it, yeah. and if that is not the most confusing game I've ever played within the first hour. Yeah, no, we were talking about it a few weeks ago because I know you're going to bring it up last episode. So how far have you gotten? Oh, I think I played it for about two hours. Yeah. And it was just so many words that you'd have to look up in whatever official book shit they have for the game because it was... Oh, I'm trying to think of some of the terminology they used. Um, I know what you're talking about, Yeah, BBs and... Yeah, bridge babies. Yeah, and BTs and... Uh, dooms yeah it's like oh you've got oh, dooms and a bridge baby that'll be cool yeah that'll work out Watch for out us for them bts yeah and the names for the characters are just like really kojima like die hard men dead men hi you can call me dead man and this is my associate die hard men <laughs> and it's just it's just ridiculous yeah because i'm fragile but i'm not that fragile 
Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. That line. Fragile. Fragile's always trying to get you to eat those little uh, wormy things. Yeah, I, I was eating them every time I saw them. Yeah. So she was like, hey, you want one? I know, but in the cutscene, she's always offering it up. And he was like, nah. nah I'm good. Nah. It, it helps you raise your blood nah. levels, those little little fat, little wormy things. Ugh. Nah, it's not good for the bridge, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good for the bridge, baby. Well, yeah, no, it's definitely an interesting world that he's created. Mm. And I want to know more about it. I just don't want to play it. Yeah. So yeah. I might have to just watch a, a cutscene run of it just to get the whole story somebody's probably made a death stranding movie by now i'm sure and maybe that'll help because the thing is i definitely i think it could have been a lot better i'm not going to rate it as a highly rated game i think it's an interesting experience that i'm glad i had and the end of the game things did kind of finally come to like some cool revelations and i was like oh so this is this and you know like i figured a couple of things out and it made it a little bit more enjoyable but it's so stretched out and so pretentious and it like really revels in explaining some of the things that you can probably figure out on your own, but had they given you like in the beginning, you were right. Like it's really confusing. You don't know anything, mm-hmm. but after a while you kind of really get it. And then even after you get it, they keep kind of hammering you over the head with certain things. And it's just, it's really wonky storytelling. I think, I think we've had this conversation about Hideo Kojima before, but it's the same conversation that you have about other auteurs. Like, Zack Snyder mm-hmm. or Michael Bay or whoever, people who get really popular, like even uh, M. Night Shyamalan, people who get really popular for doing one, a couple of things right, but then they get like, they get in the genius mode, they get full reign to do whatever they want, and then you realize, whoa, somebody was behind the scenes pulling the back on XYZ. Right. Right? So they're really good, like amazingly good at a couple of things, but then because of that, they get launched into covering a whole project. And I think, again, like those other men I mentioned, Hideo Kojima unleashed too much. Yeah. You need to pull him back. Somebody needs to go, hey, you need to tighten the story. For, you know what I mean? For that. Like, I love his, his mind and his wacky ideas and all this stuff. I think it's interesting. But I think he thinks his audience is dumber than they are, but also his story is dumber than he thinks it is. Like, <laughs> it's I, he just pull back on the pretentiousness just a little bit. Again, mad respect for Hideo Kojima forever for what he did with Metal Gear. Metal Gear is probably one of the greatest franchises of all time. Like, it's amazing. And I know that you're past the prime for playing a lot of those games, but if you mm-hmm. catch some Metal Gear movie, here's the thing though: Metal Gear movies wouldn't quite do it justice, and I think this is the reason why Death Stranding didn't do it so good. Metal Gear, even at its most pretentious, or when it was like hitting you with a bunch of cutscenes, which are you know, admittedly, a lot of them were pretty awesome. Some of them weren't. The gameplay and the way that kind of subverted expectations in gameplay—that's what really helped Metal Gear stand out. I mean, mm-hmm. that original Metal Gear, where it read your memory card, or Psycho Man has moved your controller. Or you had to figure out like how to heat the key and cool the key and all the silly stuff right. like, oh, um, her codec is on the back of the CD case. CD case, your actual game package. You right. know what I mean? Like stuff like that. It was very meta and new and fresh. And I mean, the, the character was very reminiscent. Like Snake was modeled after Kurt Russell from Escape from New York. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he had that very kind of gruff kind of 80s action hero vibe. And I was into that. You know, I mean, I'm still right. kind of into that. I'm nostalgic for it. I think that we're getting kind of past that and it's getting kind of old. And I feel like Hideo Kojima needs to evolve. If he's going to tell stories, he needs to have tight, interesting gameplay like he did in Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. And he he needs to be able to tell a story that is not obtuse just for the sake of being obtuse. But then also once you figure it out, it then hammers it home. You know, right. to where you're like, I get it every two seconds. So. Yeah. Uh, well, let me know if you play any more of it. I'd be interested to hear what you think once you get past the first area and you start getting to the big area. 
I got really obsessed with building roads and like the zip lines because yeah. you can do zip lines. Mm-hmm. And like, so my whole thing with that game was just like, I want to make the alt- optimal pathing and then just go back and forth and keep delivering packages. Right. If you're really into like busy work or task work in games and not everybody is, it's it's fun just to be efficient and, and make your pathways and your roads and your zip lines. But if you're not into that, that's like the core of the gameplay. I mean, there is combat and the, and the combat does pick up and get heavier as you progress. Definitely. And it's not just, you get more tools to fight BTs, but of course you have to fight humans too. Right. But I wouldn't say that if that's all you're interested in is the combat, I'd stay away. The bulk of the game is really pathing and delivering packages and mm-hmm. unraveling this like really bloated story. So, yeah. Right on. Well, I continue to play Last of Us Part 2. I've seen a couple of streams. Oh, right on. Yeah, that's right. It popped in. Popped yeah. in. So, right now I'm on the Seraphite's Island with Abby trying to escape with Lev and what's the older sister's name? I forget. Okay. Well, whatever. She's all right now. Right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little joke there for those who have played the game. But yeah, it's, it's pretty good. How, how far do you think I have to go? You're actually pretty close to the end of the game. I am? I okay. would say, yeah. I was thinking I was. I was really... about another. Are you at the beginning of the island? Or... No, I've already found Lev, and we're trying to get off the island now. Okay, so you probably got another five to six hours of game. Left. Okay, so probably another two, three episodes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what game I would play next because Cyberpunk's not going to come out in time. Yeah. So I think what I'm going to do, rather than buy another game, yeah, maybe. I don't know if I want to play. Derek's holding up Catherine in Final Fantasy XII because he got those for Switch and I bought them from him. I don't know if I want to play Catherine on stream because I don't know how good I'm going to be at the whole puzzle thing. Yeah. And I'm afraid. I don't know. I don't. Ugh, I'm not that good at games. Um, <laughs> people who follow my stream probably know that. But we'll, we'll see. What I was going to do instead is I was going to just start a fresh Final Fantasy VII remake replay. Mm. Get that game. Because I'm pretty good at that game now. I mean, I might be a little rusty because I haven't played it in a few months, but I feel like I would snap back into it, and I know all the strategies and everything. So that would be a smooth playthrough to put up on Twitch and then eventually on on YouTube while I wait for Cyberpunk to come out. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do next. Played a few other games this week. Uh, Ben got really excited about Mega Man one day. I guess he was looking at my Amiibos, and he goes, let's play the Mega Man game. And I was like, okay. So we, Which one? <laughs> we booted up Legacy Collection for PS4, and it has like one through seven, I think, on the one I have. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll play Mega Man 1, Mega Man 2, Mega Man 3. And he was like, Mega Man 1. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Playing the original Mega Man, and he's just watching me die a lot. Because it's hard. It is really hard. But luckily, he was cool with it. Like, I thought he would get bored or like go, Daddy, you suck at this game. <laughs> but he was just like, come on, you can do it. Right. I think we played like, I want to say two three hours and i beat half of the robot bosses mm-hmm. so i beat like two like the first two or three without looking up the order and i was like i didn't, no. I didn't look at the order because it's getting a little bit too difficult and then i started kind of going order so that way my weapons but then when i beat the next boss with the weapon that was effective then he was like let's go do something else like, all right <laughs> so Mega Man still remains to be good. The cool thing about the Legacy Collection i didn't discover this until after i beat my second robot boss i mean it has a rewind feature which is a must if you don't want to be frustrated because there was a couple of times where I lost enough lives on the boss where I had to start the whole level over again and the level was particularly annoying. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was either a Leckman's level or Cutman's level. It was one of those two where I was just like, I don't want to go through this again. <laughs> oh my god. So, I mean, they can be tough. The, the platforming is really tight. The jumps they ask you to do are so far apart. Like, they're pixel perfect almost. And I'm like, 
it's just a regular ass game this ain't any extras right they weren't playing around and i remember explaining to ben i was like this is really hard but there's a reason for it because back in the day games couldn't be that long because you know the uh, technological short you know shortcomings so in order to elongate a game people just made them really hard and we dealt with it a lot of us own games that we never beat or if we did it took us a really 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 long time you know just mm-hmm. le- like learning the game perfectly which is why i think those games lend really well to speedrunning. so again going back to gdq watching people play like mega man and speed run through that my goodness <laughs> wow wow let's see what else did i play paratopic I played that for Friday Night Frights. Have you heard of that game? Never heard of it. Paratopic is kind of an obscure indie title. It originally came out in 2018 on the PC, and they recently ported it to the Switch, and I saw it was on the Switch for cheap. It was like less than five bucks, if I recall. And I remember thinking it was kind of interesting because I saw a Let's Play a few years ago about it when it first came out. It is kind of got like PS1 graphics. Mm-hmm. It's highly pixelated. It's very David Lynchian, very kind of like weird. The The soundtrack is really kind of like synth and and oppressive and it bounces around from scene to scene and you don't really kind of know what's going on until the end it's it's an experience you can beat it in about 45 minutes so it's not a very long game of course you can go back through and like make different decisions for right slightly branching outcomes but not i don't think it's going to branch that far for those interested it is it is up on my uh, youtube channel my playthrough i finished it so quick that i i spent the last 15 minutes of my hour on friday night frights playing riddled corpses <laughs> which is that game you watched me play at the cabin where you yeah, shoot a yeah. bunch of zombies yeah i was like ah, i'll play that for a little bit but yeah the, the interesting thing about paratopic i noticed when i was looking stuff up about it to uh, get it posted was it was ported or actually no i think i saw this in the credits it was ported by ball toro games and Ball Toro, that stood out because they are the either the publishers, developers, or both of Food Truck Tycoon. Hey, full circle. <laughs> full circle. Thanks, Ball Toro, for the entertainment you've given me this year. Hours and hours. Like, at least six hours of entertainment. Right. For very little money. <laughs> um, the last game... Well, actually, no, I played two more games. I've been playing Tokyo Xandu EX Plus. Okay. EX Plus, I think it's the PS4 version. Tokyo Xandu, I think, originally came out in Vita. Tokyo Xandu... Falcom, Ease Cross Persona, good stuff. I'm really enjoying it. I talked about it a little bit on last week's episode. Did you get a chance to listen to that? I didn't. Okay. Well, basically, it's... For those who are listening, they probably remember me describing it last week. It is. A, it definitely wants to be Persona. Doesn't quite hit the bar, but then again, that's a high bar to go after. And if you're going to imitate a game, imitate a good-ass game. Right. Because you're going to land somewhere decent, right? It definitely feels more like Ease, but it's the same developer. And the right. combat is where it gets kind of really Ease heavy. I just got to the section of the game. I think it's like chapter four or five. Maybe it's chapter three. But it's where you can start playing mini games. There's a skateboarding mini game. There's You can go to arcade and play a bunch of original games. There's a fishing mini game, a card game. There's like a whack-a-mole game. Cool. And I was stuck in the arcade trying to work up enough like internal arcade coins so I can buy some really cool accessories for my characters. Like there's one accessory that like blocks all status ailments. I'm like, I'm getting a ribbon this early in the game. Wow. Now I had to rack up like 20,000 coins for each ribbon and I can win about 3000 coins in a particular game every 10 to 20 minutes. It's like a gambling game, like Mm -hmm. the fishing game. So it took a little while, but I did it. You got them. I grinded it out. So I'm really enjoying the game though. A lot. It's got personality. Falcom, like ease eight did this a little bit this game is a little bit worse about it they're the way that they treat their female characters is kind of gross 
Mm-hmm. They sexualize every single one of them. It has a very harem-esque. I mean, you know, at all, every girl wants to be with him right. and ease eight. It's similar to the main character in this one. Every girl's a love interest. And some of them are kind of young. And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, I don't, I don't really like that. But if you can get past that cringe, there's a decent game here. I just wish the developers would grow up a little, to be honest. Yeah. There's some big gaming news this week, for me especially, that we'll talk about in a second. But it inspired me to pick up another game that I haven't played for a while, but I've already poured well over 350 hours in. Hyrule Warriors. I've been playing that this week and just getting back into it, getting in the groove of it, trying to clear out my maps. I don't think there's any benefit to clearing out the maps other than for funsies because I've already unlocked all the weapons. But, you know, just cleaning it up, you know, just trying to see if I can 100% it. If I 100% that game, that's going to be an undertaking. It's probably going to take at least five, six hundred hours. Yeah. For sure. Like, it's a huge... They added so much content to that game. But yeah, let's get into the gaming news. I feel like I've been playing so much stuff. I've been talking too much. What you got <laughs> on news, man? Let's see, uh, Ubisoft had their conference, Ubisoft Forward. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> and they uh, announced quite a few things. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't watch the actual event, but I caught a few of the trailers. I got some uh, tweets about it, yeah. Yeah, the first thing that I saw was Immortals Phoenix Rising, which is a rebranding of the game Gods and Monsters that they revealed last year. <sighs> it sucks what? i really want to play that game i know it looks so good dude do it you're not boycotting it yeah no I, it looks it looks really fun i'm i'm not going i'm not going to pick it up yeah and it's basically ubisoft cross breath of the wild like you've it looks got, cool yeah you've got a stamina meter you can climb anything it looks like my the, my type of game yeah yeah it looks really good i saw a couple of playthroughs of the demo that they let a few people play and it just it, it looked really good like i didn't think it would look that good but I, need to I might be overselling it a little bit. No, 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 it lo- no, no, it looks, no, no, It looks it, fun. It looks good. I, yeah. I don't think you're overselling it. I mean, again, they could be lying. It is Ubisoft. But right. at the same time, no. I mean, the, the, what the game promises, it looks pretty decent. Now, will it have the same kind of polish as Breath of the Wild? That's hard to say. Mm, I'm uh, sure I don't know if they have the same That's pedigree as Nintendo. impossible. But yeah, no, I um, I need to see some, some real change out of Ubisoft. I need to see them get their shit together before I start to support them monetarily again. Yeah. Maybe I'll thrift it, maybe. Even then, that just kind of feels like a gray area, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. A few other things. Uh, Far Cry VR got announced. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I haven't gotten to see the trailer, but I did see Voss on the like thumbnail for it. So I assume that it has Voss in there and you mm. just do some Far Cry stuff in VR, which could be fun. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Have you ever played any games like that in 3R, like Skyrim 3R, Resident Evil 7 VR? No. Actually, yes, I played Resident Evil 7 for 10 minutes in VR. How'd that go? I took my helmet off almost immediately, and I hadn't even gotten to the mansion yet. Yeah. I literally... It like, made me sick, too. Yeah, I, it didn't even make me sick. I was scared. Oh, you were scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally... <laughs> so this is what happened. I said, I'm not a bitch. I'm going to play this game oh in VR. God. And I literally walked into like a shack on the outskirts of the estate. I can't even be mad at you. <laughs> yeah. And I opened the door and it's just pitch black. Uh-huh. And I said, nope. And I took Bro. the headset off. And that was it. That was all I played of Resident Evil 7 in VR. So. Yeah. You know my friend Tim, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he got PSVR before any of my other friends did. And I remember I was over hanging out with him and my friend Darren. And we were, he, he put the VR headset on me and I was actually playing Resident Evil 7 VR. 
and it it like is insanely scary i mean any kind of scary game when it's like in your face like that and you got your headphones on like bro because mm-hmm. you can't escape like you can't look away you're in the game right um, for those who haven't played vr like there's nothing like it as far as tricking your brain it really does feel like you're in an environment and the things around you are tangible but those things aren't in the game so when you're in a scary game it's tough but that wasn't the reason why i, I played it for a couple of hours and i just like I'll, my vr sickness starts i'll start to sweat Mm-hmm. And then I'll just kind of start to feel a little queasy. And if I don't quit right before that or soon after, then I'll be queasier like for the next day. Yeah. Like I get really bad VR sickness and I wish I didn't. I heard that you can kind of get used to it. Or maybe I can maybe take some like, I don't know, drapazamine, dra- dra- what do they call it stuff? I don't know. But uh, it's I like know sickness type medication. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember what it's called either. Maybe I can take that. But just to play video games. Yeah. I, I think I kind of felt that while I was playing Farpoint. And when the character was walking, I just kind of felt like I was float, real floaty and about to fall over. Yeah, some games do it really well in VR and some don't. I like the ones that are stationary or do interesting things. Last week I was talking about Starship Commander. And that's where you just sit in the cockpit of a ship and you can see outside of your ship. So stuff's moving out there. And you, the cool thing is you don't have to use your controller. You can just issue commands with your mouth. Like you can go, you know, fire the lasers, uh, evasive maneuvers, you know, bring up the comms. This is the Star Trek no, no, it's oh, it's an original okay. IP by a guy who left Volition, who, you know, the yeah. Saints Row guys. Yep. It's actually a good buddy of mine. Him and his sister are good friends of mine. And his sister actually plays, like, the computer that you talk to. She'll give you, like, story lore or, oh, okay. like, she's like the AI. And I think it just came out, what is today, the 12th? It just came out two days ago on Steam. So for those that are, have, a, like, a computer and a headset that are interested, it's really cool. It's been in arcades for, I think, at least a year. But, yeah. We have stuff like that or stuff like the Dino Farm game. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's like a board game where you can pick up pieces and kind of play some. Mm -hmm. But it's animated, obviously. When you do interesting things with VR where you're interacting in a space where you don't have to move around. Because I've tried to play Skyrim in Resident Evil 7, and it's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's really interesting. It's just me having to move around a 3D environment. My body knows I'm not actually moving. I can't can't do that. It's just too tough. I played a racing game, and like I do a turn and I'd lean into the inertia of the turn and my body would feel nothing. I'm like, right. Especially since I did that at my friend Tim's house and he has, he has the full setup. He had the VR with the racing game, right? And he had the racing wheel with the haptic feedback. So like if you went over a rough road, the wheel would actually vibrate a bit and, and the gas pedals. So I really felt like I was in a car. Like my brain was sold on everything except for the actual inertia feeling not being there. So props to those who can do VR and not feel sick, but you know, definitely enter at your own risk. And I think if you're really into VR, but you do get sick, find those games like Starship Commander or like Moss. That's the one where you play it. Like you kind of overlook a little mouse and you help them solve puzzles, but he's the one kind of moving through the environment. Mm -hmm. Batman VR. That's a good one. You're mainly stationary or you can zip to points. Find the games where they do the VR a little bit better for people who get sick, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because there's some good stuff out there for sure. Uh, So, yeah, anything else on that Ubisoft? Yeah, the biggest news that I saw was that they're finally doing a Prince of Persia, air quotes, remake. Mm. And I don't know if you saw the trailer. I didn't, but I heard... It looks like something out of the PS3 era. Yikes. And here's the thing. We've become so accustomed to extreme quality when it comes to remakes in the PS4, mm. Xbox One generation. Like, we have Shadow of the Colossus. Looks amazing. It's a PS2 oh, yeah. game. Well, that, that uh, one's like, that's completely remade. Yeah, from yeah. the ground up. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah. So this is a remake that, along those lines? Yes, that it they says it, from the ground it's up? called Straight Up Remake. 
Okay. So the Crash Bandicoot trilogy, the Spiral trilogy, they all yeah. all remakes, all are really great. Oh, they're fantastic. Yeah, this one I looked at the trailer. And I was just like, what are they doing? Yeah, it's just a PS2 game. You can just make it look like any of your PS4 titles. Yeah, and it'll look good. But it looked like some sort of quasi half PS3, half PS2 game. Prince of Persia. I don't know, man. I think they Bro. don't think people are that interested in it, and I love prince of persia oh yeah like the sands of time trilogy was one of my favorite trilogies like where the hell are the hd collections of all those games bro right because they had them on ps3 and if you ask me the ps3 hd collection looks better than this remake yikes if that tells you anything ouch yeah so uh i doubt i'm gonna pick it up Uh, it's gonna be 40 bucks at launch yeah it doesn't it doesn't look good at all if you haven't seen it check the trailer out and see what they've done to my boy because the prince is not not slick man he's turn not. back time on this remake y'all right <laughs> <laughs> well the only other thing i could think of out of the ubisoft forward event was that they're finally re-releasing scott pilgrim with all the dlc because that was actually delisted yeah i don't know if they just worked out the legal issues with that again i have the original one on xbox 360 and i think i even got the knives chow dlc i don't think i got all of it but i got enough so not a big deal like that one would have really hurt i love scott pilgrim so not being able to buy that, I've been like, no, but I already have it, so we're fine. Right. But yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else news-wise this week? Uh, news-wise, yeah. We've got big news for Microsoft. Yo. The price and release date has been revealed for the Xbox Series S and Series X. Revealed well, or leaked? It was leaked. The price was leaked for the Series S. And for Actually, the Series S was leaked a Ooh. few days ago. And Microsoft, the next day, immediately, they just like, well, fuck it. They they leaked our stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's leak the well. Let's officially announce the price and the release date of the S and the X. Mm. Uh, the Series S is going to be three hundred dollars, which is crazy. It's highly competitive. It's uh three times less powerful than the Series X, but it's still capable of ray tracing and I believe fourteen forty p. Yeah. Is how high the resolution goes with four K upscaling. So for next gen machine it's probably going to be the best bang for your buck the only thing about it is it does not have a disk drive mm. and that kills it for me yeah they're trying to pull that playstation bullshit yeah yeah well they're trying to pull that bullshit they did with the <laughs> yeah. the all digital xbox one yeah, at the very like, end of the life cycle they were just testing the waters yeah nah nah bro yeah so and the series x is going to be 500 which mm. is what's to be expected and now everybody's waiting with bated breath on what Sony is going to do and how they're going to price their console. And they actually have an event scheduled for Wednesday. That was on my radar too. Yeah. yeah. Wednesday at four Eastern one Pacific. Yep. Yeah. And so we'll be watching that. Yeah. I'm sure they're going to give us the date and the price. Probably. If they don't, it's what ridiculous. Yeah. But even if they don't, it's like, what does it really matter? Cause you, you know, it's going to be at least 400. Did you, uh, <laughs> Did you vie to possibly be selected to pre-order the console? No. I did, but I never got anything back. I think that's crappy the way they're doing that. Like, vetting who gets to buy or who gets to pre-order it even. Like, shut Right. Up. Yeah. I think there will be enough. I probably. think they're just trying to build up hype. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, they've already sold it to me just by virtue of a lot of the games that are coming out on it. Because it's just, that was my main system for this generation. And Xbox... 
is it like the reason why I switched from 360 to PS4 is because the way that Xbox was acting at the beginning of this generation, right? Yep. And PS4 has definitely made, or Sony's made some missteps during this generation with its hesitancy to do cross-platform mm-hmm. and some of its business decisions, but not enough to make me feel like it's still not going to deliver great games and a good system. So Right. And I, I hear a lot of people saying that if it's not fully backwards compatible with all playstations then they're not gonna buy it and that to me just sounds ridiculous because it's like it's like i'm buying this new console to play new games i've already played all of these old games if it plays them all great if not it's fine i have the systems you can get the systems for relatively cheap yeah it's not a huge issue so uh yeah Yeah, people are just who's buying a ps5 to play ps1 games yeah what are you doing with your life get a vita and move on (laughs) right or get a ps classic and hack it exactly like we did (laughs) <laughs> right so yeah i am really looking forward to that ps5 news because i need it i want it mm-hmm. and it's it's mine it's mine now mine now yeah and uh other ps5 news pre-orders are now open for a 24 karat gold ps5 console Ooh. it will set you back about ten thousand dollars but if you've got it go for it <laughs> <laughs> exactly whoa yeah ten thousand dollars 24 karat gold ps5 Funny that they have that listed for pre-order, but not the actual PS5. Anybody buying that shit? Oh, there's somebody, some rich. Can you imagine some... being the type of asshole to pay $10,000 for a console in a pandemic? Can you imagine having that kind of disposable income? Oh, man. Get the hell out of here. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. It's crazy that they're even, like, marketing that at all. Yeah. But, you know, hey, money, companies will money. Yeah, we're going to do <laughs> Let's see other gaming news gamestop always in the news it's been reported that they are going to be closing 400 to 450 stores this in the next fiscal year good <laughs> yeah they haven't Let really burn. yeah they haven't handled this pandemic very well at all <laughs> there was a point where they were telling their employees to use plastic bags as their gloves jesus christ and as much as i love getting a deal at gamestop it's that's just unacceptable yeah and like people keep saying yeah GameStop's going down i'm like no they're not gonna close down it's gonna be a few years but the way they're acting like people are just gonna stop patronizing them and it's it's not like thrifting is dying because you have other places like your business is thriving you got like locally we got disc replay we got a video game exchange there are resale and thrifting shops for used games that treat customers good and don't engage in a lot of shenanigans. Mm-hmm. GameStop just ain't one of them. Like yeah. they they've been down going downhill on that and for a while. Yeah, and so. it's unfortunate because they used to be well, they used to be what I assume was a great company, but yeah, well, uh, or at least a great place to go and buy video games. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean I've patroned them for years and years and years back when it was Babbage's and Funko Land, you know, and all yeah. that, but. Times change, I guess. Yeah. I mean, even disc replay is starting to get a little ugh lately. You know what as I mean? Like, as... Yeah, they're, they're franchising, so some locations have disc. Like, there's one on the south side of Indy that prices their games a little higher than the other ones, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, the way that they're starting to operate, like, they're bringing in more toys and stuff, too, like GameStop does. And yeah. I don't know. Uh, they're trying real hard to get people to come in, though. They, they, they've they been a little bit more responsible during the pandemic. They've actually closed, and then when they opened, they had limited people coming through, or you could order online and then like, mm-hmm. come and pick them up. So they've been at least trying to do what they can to do business, which is cool. So 
Yeah. And I know I know you're out here doing what you can, but most of your stuff you, you can mail out. Right. You know, so you don't have to have a brick and mortar, which I think is what a lot of places probably need to lean towards doing. Like, it's cool to go into a brick and mortar. Don't get me wrong. I love going through disc replay and looking through all their bullshit, but it's just not something I'm wanting to do right now. And I don't think a lot of people in their right mind want to do right now. So. Yeah. Other PlayStation news. Yeah. 25th year anniversary. That's right. September just, 9th. Mm-hmm. Just passed. PlayStation is just so near and dear to my heart when yeah. it comes to gaming. Like, it was my... It was my second system. My first was a Super Nintendo, but PlayStation 1 was really where I was like, I'm a gamer. I need to do this thing like all the time. Let's tell our stories about PS1. So how old were you? Where did you get it? How did you get it? What was your first game? See, my memory is not very good well, when it comes to that. But I'm going to say, <laughs> so it came out in 96, so I probably got it about, or 95. Okay. So I probably got it about three years later. I was born in 90, so I probably got it when I was like eight. Okay. And uh, I'm sure it was for like Christmas or a birthday or something, but I remember the first games that I played were like Dynasty Warriors, the first one, Crash Bandicoot, Mm. Crash Team Racing, because by then it had already been out, so I think I had a few games to start out with. But uh, I remember my cousin used to come over, and uh, we would just stay up all night playing like Crash Team Racing. Yeah, and we were those are the days. Yeah, we were like young. Yeah, we were like eight, and I think he was ten. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. This is a great time, man. Yeah, PlayStation's a great system. I didn't get mine until, let me think. So 98, 99, I was a freshman in high school. 99, 2000, I uh, had my second girlfriend ever. And she's the one that got my PlayStation for me. I think she bought it used. Because I had a friend that had all the systems. Like, he just had that money. And I would go over and play, like, Metal Gear and stuff. And I used to rant about Metal Gear and a few other games. She ended up getting me a used PlayStation and a used copy of Metal Gear for my birthday. So I think it was probably, it was still 99 when I got it then. That would have been October 1999 when I got it. Nice. And then she got really mad at me because she would call me and she's like, what are you doing? Are you playing games right now? And I'm like, nah. Like, click, 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 click. Right. <laughs> she get mad about that. But I'm like, whatever, man. You bought it for me. Right. It's a sickness. <laughs> right <laughs> it's a sickness in uganda but then i got uh a bunch of really cool games i got resident evil 3 i think she got me a few games she got me final fantasy 9 and resident evil and and uh, so she kept playing into my habit but uh and then my sister got final fantasy 8 she got that first though she got that and then that's how i got hooked into final fantasy it was she found final fantasy 8 for cheap on a humbug and bought it yeah uh real quick uh, about final fantasy 8 uh, i was helping my buddy move yesterday and i forgot that he actually has a full-size gun blade yeah, and me I, too. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, you sure do, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I grab that thing. That thing's so heavy. I know. Mine is, too. Yeah. it's it... Mine's a little bootleg. Like, it's not the exact design. Like, it has the keychain that looks the same. Mm-hmm. But the, the way that the gun blade is shaped, like, there's actually a revolver edge across the top of the blade holding it rather than just the, uh, the ammo part. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things you probably get, like, a cheap chinese knockoff store like at a like a fair or something mm-hmm. but a buddy of mine got it for me and i cherish i cherish it i think it looks really cool yeah i've got like a cheap uh key bl- kingdom key key blade this thing ain't cheap though this is metal yeah. like i could probably kill somebody with this blade yeah oh I no to. i yeah. me too this oh, yeah. thing is heavy but uh yeah oh boy that's good stuff uh on the tv show side of things the walking dead has been confirmed to be ending in 2022 with season 11 and i say it's no about damn time yeah that Are you show, still watching that show? No, I stopped watching, I think, two, three seasons ago. Man. I stopped watching at the end of season two. I was like, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you stopped watching when it started getting good. Oh well. Yeah, it's. Uh, I stopped they were on watching the farm when too uh, long. When they finally left it, I was like, I'm done. Yeah. Spoiler alert! <laughs> I stopped watching when Rick left the show. Okay. So it's nice to know that it's actually coming to an end. But you know, there's going to be. I think they confirmed a Carol and Daryl spinoff or something like that. Sure. And stuff. Carl. But, yeah. Sophia. <laughs> Carl. Carl. Yeah, speaking of Walking Dead, this is kind of a gaming deal, so I'll get to a little bit later, but there's a sale in, re- in relation to Telltale series, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll bring that up here in a few. Yeah, the uh, I see that quite often at the thrift and discreet play for like 25 bucks, the complete series, hmm. so... Okay. Yeah. Might not be that special then. Yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> no, that's no, fine, it's fine, we'll talk about it. Uh, some weird gaming news, a programmer by the name of foon turing has found a way to make doom playable on a pregnancy test what kind of pregnancy test was it it was a i don't know that's crazy you said you found that article on ign right yeah i need to figure out what type of like what kind of technology are you putting into your pregnancy test because we've all seen the ones where you pee on it and a line shows up right you know, whenever you, you take pregnancy tests, right? right. You know, as well, it, say, it says here you had to replace the test's original CPU and screen. Well, so is that really getting it I mean, to run on a pregnancy test if you're. Yeah, when you get yeah. into the nitty gritty, I mean, it's still kind of funny, but for sure. Like, right. Here you go, bitch. Like, who he comes up with that idea? Right. I guess he just. Yeah, so basically he just took a pregnancy test case. Right. Yeah, but it's cool that he was able to shrink it down that small to be able to still operate. Like, that's yeah. neat. Like, I'm yeah, not, that's pretty dope. I'm not saying it's not neat, but they need to present it a different way. It yeah. It sound like natively it could run. Like, he just popped, <laughs> right. you know, pop a little He's like, in there. This pregnancy test comes pre-installed with Doom. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-ordered now. Kill demons while you wait to see if your life is... Better or worse? I right. guess it depends on how Kill you feel demons, about pregnancy. see if you'll have your own little demon. The little, little demon spawn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's ridiculous stuff, man. But uh, some uh, unfortunate news. Uh, yeah. Cyberpunk 2020 is going to have microtransactions in the multiplayer mode. Yeah. Now, I don't know what the multiplayer mode consists of. I don't see myself actually playing anything. I'm not going to play multiplayer mode. Yeah, so it doesn't yeah. really affect us, but people who are interested in that type of thing there are people uh jim sterling comes to mind who will not give a game of the year award to any game that has microtransactions in it at all no matter how much they like the game like he really likes fall guys he loves fall guys he raves about it and he's like it's a shame i can't give it any kind of award because i have a rule if you have microtransactions and i, I get where he's coming from because you can say, oh, well, it's not that big a deal. You don't have to buy them or they're cosmetic. And that that's true to a point, depending on how the microtransactions are used. But I think if we go all the way back to the beginning of the 360 era with buying horse armor for fucking Oblivion, right? Mm-hmm. And we're all like, this is a slippery slope. They're going to start carving out content for games that would have normally been included and then trying to sell it back to us for a couple extra bucks. And like, no, you know, that's on-disc DLC. That'll never happen. Okay. Yeah. And so, and now we have live services. Like, look what they did to Marvel's Avengers. So, for people who are hardline just not supporting that at all, I totally get it. For me, I could still kind of, like, give it my own personal, like, Game of the Year award. Like, that withstanding. But I think we do. We need to be diligent and kind of just, you know, make sure people understand. Especially, like, people we give money to. No, we're not into that. You know, we right. don't want you to carve out pieces of the game 
and sell it back to us. That's bullshit. So, and my fear is, is that because it's been done so long and because this is such like a pervasive practice that people are going to start to forgive it. Well, at least it doesn't have this, or at least it's not as bad as an EA game. Yeah. And our standards are going to keep getting lowered and lowered and, and people keep getting away with more and more. Now that said, CD Projekt Red doesn't have a huge history with doing this, but they do have partnership or publishing partnership with WB sometimes. Do you know if anybody else is publishing the game? I don't know. Okay, that'd be that's something to watch out for. At the end of the day, they've garnered enough goodwill with me where I'm not going to be like, fuck this game, but obviously that that get, that gets the side eye, right? Yeah. So, yeah, luckily, like you said, I'm not playing a multiplayer. I'm in it for the single player. As long as that's as robust and as huge as they're promising, that's all I need. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 but as far as gaming news, that's pretty much it for so, this yeah. week. It was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. Next week, we're going to have even more to talk about with the PlayStation <clears throat> event. Straight up. Well, let me drop a few gaming news nuggets on you. All right. So we mentioned Hyrule Warriors earlier. So, oh Ooh, my yeah. God, out of fucking nowhere, Hyrule Warriors 2 drops, right? The trailer. And it's coming out November 20th, like real soon. Oh, yeah. And the best part is... It's the full title is Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Mm-hmm. They're basically taking the War of Calamity from Breath of the Wild. So that whole war that we never got to see that was a hundred years prior to the story. Mm-hmm. And that's being played out as a Hyrule Warriors game. Are you shitting me? That oh, is yeah. so cool. I saw some people online being disappointed by it and like, whatever, you're still getting your sequel, shut up. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, Nintendo always tries to put out at least one Zelda title a year, even if it's not a mainline Zelda. So I think maybe at one point they possibly might have been planning to put out Breath of the Wild 2 this year. Maybe it got pushed back because of COVID or maybe not. But the fact that, like, they approached Tecmo Koei and they were like, we love what you guys do with Hyrule Warriors. By the way, even if you're not a fan of Warriors games, Hyrule Warriors is one of the best. They did a really good job. That team... They may not love their own franchises enough to like give a damn and, and put forth effort. <laughs> Dynasty Warriors Night. <laughs> mm. But when they have a publisher with like a vision and a direction behind them and a property that they're taking care of for somebody else, they do a really good job yeah. most of the time. So I'm excited to see this. It looked amazing. I mean, it's a war. It really fits the Hyrule Warriors formula well. You were able to see like all four of the champions fighting and kicking ass in the trailer. Mm-hmm. You got Zelda. You got Link. People are speculating about extra characters. Somebody said, I want to get that flower girl to be in Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> you know what I want to talk about? Uh-huh. So for those, for those who don't know, there's a section in Breath of the Wild where if you approach a shrine surrounded by flowers, but you step on the flowers, this woman nearby goes, hey, don't step on the flowers. <laughs> and then if you accidentally step on the flowers again, she's like, hey, listen, I thought I told you, don't step on those flowers. You do it enough, she turns deranged and like takes your ass out. And it's kind of scary, actually. <laughs> So, I, yeah, I want Crazy Flower Girl to be a playable fighter in Hyrule Warriors. Get yeah. that trending. You know, the crazy thing about this now is that Breath of the Wild is a trilogy. Oh, it kind of will be, won't it? Yeah. That's cool. And uh, can you imagine a... Uh, I can't wait the sequel to a game as a prequel of another game. Right. How bananas is that? Can you imagine a trilogy set that Nintendo re- releases once uh, Breath of the Wild 2 has been out for a while? And it just has Age of Calamity, Breath of the Wild, and Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah, total whiplash right there, man. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm wondering what they're going to do with Breath of the Wild too. I feel like they did a really good job with Breath of the Wild. It remains to be one of my favorite games for the Switch. I mean, 
anytime you come back to it, you're like, oh yeah, this game's actually really good. Yeah. You know, I played through it. I can't even count the number of times I played through it. I bought a Wii U just for it, played through it on Wii U. Mm-hmm. Then I got a Switch. Then I bought it on Switch, played through it again. And then Ben got really into Zelda, so we played through it again. Like, I've, I've beaten that game I don't know how many times. And each time I'm playing, I'm having a ball. It's, it's funny. Even if uh, one of your favorite games you go back to and play multiple times, you may not always have as much fun as you had originally. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to say, like, it was the same amount of fun each time. But it was a lot more fun than I thought it would be, having played it so many times. Like, it's still... And there's tons of that game I haven't even seen yet still. You know what I mean? Like, right. all the little missions you go after. Because the cool thing about the game, you don't feel... But the way it's structured, you don't feel compelled to have to go and get every little thing to be fully prepared to finish the game like you are with some games like I'm trying to think of a good example of a game where you'd probably want to go out and get as much of the stuff as you could before you finish it i don't know if i felt that way about ghost, ghost of tsushima, tsushima. Yeah. but closer with ghost of tsushima because but you're right maybe not even with ghost of tsushima well you definitely want all four of those stances yeah and you want to get like maybe like the side of the blue missions yeah. right yeah yeah and so you want to be able to level up and stuff like that but with with zelda it was about just kind of getting good at playing the game more. And, and and you got more stamina and hearts, but there were so many shrines and so many like Korok seeds. You didn't need to get them all, all right. you know, to feel like a badass. It was so tailored to everybody's skill level because you played the game enough to where you felt like you could finally finish it. And then when you're ready, you just did it. You didn't feel like you had to do it and see everything. Right. I've never played a game, especially with my type of brain. I'm always like, I got to see and do everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially when I'm enjoying a game. With that game, I never felt compelled to have to see everything to enjoy it to its fullest. And the cool thing is, is then when I came back, I still had just as much fun because I would do stuff differently. All right. I'd go a different route, try this, try that. And there's just so many games you can play with Bacoblins. Like every encounter mm-hmm. is an opportunity for hilarity. And uh, Ben loved it. I was like, well, what should we do with these Bacoblins? He goes, we should set them on fire. And I'm oh, like, I'm like you're a little psychopath. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so playing that game all the way through from start to finish with Ben was like a joy. And it was probably one of the memories I think we're going to think about for a long time. He probably won't remember it because right. he's so young, but I'll remember it. So You're going to be like, remember when we played Breath of the Wild together? Oh, dad, get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> God, be a teenager. my friends are watching. Ew. Right. So yeah, PlayStation 5, top of that showcase dropping next Wednesday. Pre-orders are selling out for Super Mario Brothers 3D All-Stars. Or Super Mario 3D all-Stars. Yeah, Super Mario 3 All-Stars. There's no brothers in there. No Just brothers. Mario. Sorry. There are brothers, but... Yeah. But yeah, I, I can't believe the pre-orders are selling out. That's... Yeah, that's insane. That's man. the power of going, hey, we're going to shut this shit off in March, and that includes the digital fuck you. Yeah. Like, Even if they didn't say that, I think they would have probably sold out. That's true. I mean, it's a big, it's a big event, but I just, I just think that's bananas. Yeah, I mean, it, think about coming it like from somebody this. who pre-ordered it immediately. Yeah, I pre-ordered <laughs> it immediately as well. Uh, the thing is, Super Mario Sunshine alone right now on GameCube is going to run you sixty bucks. Yeah, at least. Yeah, so this is a hell of a deal that Nintendo has given us. Yeah, no, Michael um, was saying the same exact shit last week. Like he was like, "Bro, just Sunshine alone," and it's right, it's true. Although. People were talking about the analogs and, and how they were pressure-based for flood operation and mm-hmm. how you can't do that with the Switch controls. Mm. So that it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah. And the speedrunning community is talking about Mario 64, how they're using the patched Japanese version as the port, which doesn't oh. allow you to do like a back jump or back hop trick or something. You can't do that? 
no, not in this one, no. And they could tell because of a, one particular scene when you throw Bowser and he goes, bye-bye, instead <laughs> of like something different, that tells them what version it is, I guess. Okay. And I was like, huh, okay, well, we'll see how that goes, I guess. I mean, speedrunning's still going to happen on these yeah. games for sure. And like, but... I don't even know if I'm going to open it and pop it in, but if I ever get the urge to just play Super Mario Sunshine, because that's the one that I haven't really played, yeah, then I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to open it. I mean, just because Ben's a huge Mario Mark. You know right. what I mean? Like, he's going to be excited. It'll be... He's always constantly asked me to play games, but I'm not always in the mood to play them, and I feel bad. You know, like, sometimes I will. Like, let's play the monkey game. He likes he likes Super Monkey Ball or um, Ape Escape. He likes mm-hmm. that. Uh, we need a like, new Ape Escape. Yeah, give me a new Ape Escape. Better controls, please. Right. But you can have English voice actors if you want. Crikey. <laughs> uh, so... No More Heroes 3 has been delayed due yeah. to COVID. 2021. Surprising no one. All right. For Amiibo collectors, the Breath of the Wild champion Amiibos, R- Ravioli, uh, Urbosa, it's Ravali. Ravali. <laughs> I call them Ravioli. Uh, Urbosa, Daruk, Mifa, they're mm. being reprinted, so they'll be a little bit easier to find coming up. And they're probably being reprinted specifically because of Hyrule Warriors. Thank you, Hyrule Warriors. Okay. Is it going to be the exact same... Yeah, when, when, whenever I've seen them do reprints, they're the same. It's just they only make so many. That's why they get scarce. That's why they don't constantly be like re-released in stores. I'm waiting on a reprint fucking giant Yarn Yoshi, big Yarn Yoshi, and Wooly Poochie. It's my goodness, man. They're yeah. so expensive. The only reason I ask is because I just picked up all of those used. Oh, you did? Yeah. Get rid of them quick. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try. Before Amiibo collectors realize they're going to be reprinted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, they're still... Uh, maybe that's the reason why somebody sold them, too. Maybe they knew that they needed to get rid of them before. So hopefully you got them for fairly cheap. Yeah, it was like 10 bucks a piece. Wow, that's actually a pretty good deal. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yep. I think that's it as far as news that came across my radar. Let's get into deals. So I'll rattle off these deals real quick because we're, we're over an hour already before editing. So we want to kind of wrap things up for folks. So here's the stuff that kind of I noticed. Resident Evil Revelations 1 and 2 is like 8 bucks on eShop right now. For those who haven't played either, I would definitely check out 2. 2 got me through those hard nights like when Ben was first born and he had to be fed every two hours. And I had to stay up all night because I had the night shift. All right. I was killing zombies and then checking on his bassinet and killing zombies and feeding him and then killing zombies. So, And it was just that type of kind of like low concentration loopy gameplay where i was going through like doing the runs like it's i mean you have your main story mission which is cool especially for co-op but then you have that whole arcade mode and and that's where that game shines in my opinion yeah so uh and we mentioned earlier walking dead telltale definitive series the ps4 version usually goes for 50 bucks but it's like 23.52 on amazon but this is funny You, you mentioned earlier you see it used all the time for 25 yeah the Xbox One version of that game goes by goes uh, for twenty eight bucks by default. So for some reason, the PS4 version is almost twice as expensive as the Xbox One version. And I can't really figure that out. Um, I was looking at the prices today on Amazon. So weird. If you're into pop figures and Ghost of Tsushima, the ooh. Jin Sakai Pop is coming out soon. You can pre-order it to get it for a little cheaper. You can get it for eight seventy eight by pre-ordering on Amazon. He's in his ghost armor. He looks badass. Oh, nice. I might yeah. have to do that. Dragon Quest Builders 2 for PS4 is at Walmart for $18.94. That's really cheap. You can get it used at GameStop on the Switch version for $30. It's going to be a little bit more expensive because it's Switch. Right. For PS4, $18. That's not bad. Yeah. Splatoon 2, Super Mario Maker 2, and Yoshi's Crafted World are all $40 at Amazon and Walmart. 
So usually only 10 bucks off. They're 20 bucks right now. That's not too bad. Right. And then the PlayStation Network bundled Resident Evil Remake 2 and 3 together. So you can get them both for $44.79. Now, by itself, 3 goes for 30 bucks and 2 goes for 40 which is weird. Mm. Uh, you figure it'd be the other way around. But yeah, if you don't have both of them, this is a great deal. I do, so I might actually just go for the 3 for 30 Right. And that's all I got for deals. What you got? I honestly don't have anything for deals. Okay. You got any cool pickups you want to talk about? Or yeah. I think you brought over your Tekken case. The cool thing, coolest thing that I picked up in the last two weeks is this Tekken 10th anniversary box set. And basically, it's a just a case holder for the first five Tekkens and Tekken Tag Tournament. And it's got a picture of Devil Jin yeah. on the fold-out. Let me show it to you real quick. Oh, okay. I'm going to get up here and grab it. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, Ooh, it's so fancy. Oh, yeah. So it's one of those ones where like you can fold it out and it holds all the discs. Yeah. Oh, that's badass. And it's got it's got pictures of like all the games on each flap. And there's just Yo. so much artwork on this thing. And uh, I saw it. It was like uh, Disc Replay posted it for like 40 bucks. Uh-huh. And I already have all the Tekken games. So I was like, that's something that I need. That's tight. So, yeah, I grabbed that immediately. Left the house, left the baby, left the wife. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be right back. I got to go yeah. uh, do some stuff. I got to go get some cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, tell, I, don't, I don't smoke. <laughs> I know. I tell Kristen that all the time. She's like, don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was the coolest thing I picked up. If you know me, you know I love Tekken. Yeah, it's it's my, That's your jam. My who's favorite. Your, uh, who's your main? Fangway. He was introduced in Tekken Five, and he's been my main ever since. Before then, it yeah, who's was your classic main? Probably this is gonna sound so basic, Eddie. That is Eddie basic. Gordo, yeah. yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. My main was Lee Lay. I guess you said it's pronounced Lay Wulong. Yeah, I just Fight. he reminded me of Jackie Chan because he knew Drunken Master style, mm-hmm. and then of course he knew all the animal styles: Snake, Crane, right. the Panther, the Viper, the Tiger. Yeah. Uh, so, well, cool, man. That's an awesome pickup. All right. Well, let me ask you this then while we're uh, getting ready to wrap up. This week, Derek, what you feeling? I am feeling The Boys Season 2. It boys. dropped last Friday. Gave us the first three episodes in a dick move by Amazon, not <laughs> releasing the entire series. Dick move. Is it a dick move, though? It's a dick move for me because I was going to binge it so hard. Bro, let me let me turn you on to something. And, okay. And let me see if this makes sense. All right. People are saying that binge watching actually hurts shows because it doesn't stick in your mind when you watch them all at once versus like, let's say Lovecraft Country only releases one episode a week. Mm -hmm. So you watch it, you have time to digest that episode all week. And it sucks because you definitely want to get to the next episode. But think about a show that you watch like back to back for seven hours straight. Did it really stick? Do you remember all of it? Like Most of the boys season one, I remember it pretty well. To be honest, that show was wacky, so I remember it too. Yeah. But... Okay, fair enough. But yeah, I'm just saying, maybe maybe they were doing you a favor by helping you, you know, force you to stretch it out. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe they're just trying to keep people having that Amazon Prime Instant Video uh, for longer. Money, 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 yeah, money. Yeah, they realized, well, people are buying this shit and then canceling it. Yeah. Getting that free just trial watch and watching show. the show. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a smart business move, but it's just, I, I hate it. Yeah. I don't mind it so much because, again, I feel like I would binge too and I've kind of feel like maybe i shouldn't but who knows yeah so. yeah but uh they've really uh, upped the ante on this season it's yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty wild yeah i was telling you earlier i saw double toasted talking about it a bit and how wacky it is they said that one of the characters reminds them of donald trump if he had superpowers oh homelander yeah okay fair enough yeah. somebody who's like narcissistic and yeah yeah, yeah homelander Which, is that i remember i I, heard, I was like i had it on the background and i was walking upstairs and i heard Corey go yeah he's like donald trump if he had superpowers and i was like Ugh! Oh, God, no. No. 
Yeah, every time he's on screen, it's like I get a knot in my stomach. Yeah, that's what they said. They said, like, especially when he's smiling, they're like, somebody's about to get fucked over. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) So that's that's interesting that they can have that kind of tension. Yeah, I might have to go and check that out. I I don't know. I kind of feel the same way about season one of The Boys as I do about Umbrella Academy. Like, it was an interesting concept. It was okay. I'm not sure if I'll check out, but I, I might do that. Check out the second season, too. Speaking of Double Toasted, they're, you know they're out of Houston, right? Mm-hmm. There is another podcast that I discovered recently. I think I sent you a link. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to them. A couple of guys uh, that live in Houston. And the podcast is called Call It Like I Don't See It. Mm-hmm. And they do like they don't really focus on games as much as we do, but they do talk games. I think they, they did a review on Ghost of Tsushima. And that's like the next episode I need to listen to. And they do pop culture. They do sports. Uh, which, again, is not really in my wheelhouse. They do comics. They're really into anime, though. And I was like, y'all, if you have an anime arguing segment... Like, recently they had a, a segment where they were debating which was better, Naruto or Hunter x Hunter. Mm. And I was like, that's Derek's jam right there. Like, he'd yeah, be yeah. good to... Because I would say, I would say Naruto, but... Yeah, they were leaning Naruto, too. They were fighting pretty viciously about it, though. So it was, it was fun to listen to. But yeah, for those who are interested in, in more podcasts with two dudes just talking about nerdy shit, I mean, check them out, you know? I, I've been able to listen to them on Spotify, but they're also on Podbean, I think. And and they seem to have a big presence on iTunes because that's where they get their reviews and their feedback when they ask for comments. They don't have like an email like we do so far. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, check them out. Uh, but that's not what I'm feeling. Okay. Although I am feeling that. But I had something else I want to say that I was feeling. Okay. Okay. So here we go. So we're talking about uh, Oyakadan earlier. Father, Son, Rice Bowl. So there's the seasoning that was recommended on one of the recipes I found to put on top of the yokodon, and it's rice seasoning, and it's called nori komi furikake. Hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> to spell that out, N-O-R-I, like nori wrap, komi, K-O-M-I, and then F-U-R-I-K-A-K-E. It's pretty simple. It's sesame seeds, sugar, seaweed, and salt. But it's really tasty, and it goes so well with rice, especially with your Asian dishes. Mm-hmm. I can't get enough of this stuff. I was able to order it in a two-pack off of Amazon, which is where I got some of my more exotic ingredients, like my mirin and my handashi and stuff like that for my actual rice bowls. But for those looking for like an interesting spice or a topper to put on top of any rice dishes that they have, again, especially if they're Japanese or the Asian variety, I think that, that stuff is, is a winner for nice. sure. So that's what I'm feeling this week. One more thing I want to mention before we wrap up today is a new challenge Derek and I are going to start. We'll be talking about it starting with next week's podcast. We have some favorite animes of ours that we like that um, the other person hasn't seen. And we really want to get them into it. So we're starting an anime challenge, Derek X Mike. And what we're going to be doing this for this first challenge is Derek is going to be watching the original 90s anime run of the golden age arc for berserk and i will be watching full metal alchemist brotherhood yes now brotherhood has a little over 60 episodes Mm -hmm. berserk has 20 something so to make sure that we finish at the same time i'll be watching three episodes at a time and you will be watching one episode at a time yes and we'll come back every week and talk about the episode that we saw that week and what we thought and our you know our review and stuff like that so these are these are pretty old animes. If you're worried about spoilers, we'll uh, we'll try to wall that off if we can. Maybe we'll save that for the end, like we did today. Yeah. So right after what we're feeling, we'll talk about that for folks who want to cut it off at that point. But if you're interested, that's what we will be discussing. And after that, maybe we'll move on. Maybe I'll get you to finally watch Cowboy Bebop. 
Yeah. Maybe some Samurai Champloo. Mm-hmm. Maybe some Roroni Kenshin. Yeah. Okay. I know you got plenty of uh, animes in your hip oh, pocket. I got a ton. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got so many. I'm so worried. Movies. Jesus. Don't make me watch something that has like 300 episodes. I gotta watch oh, 15 a week to catch up. Right. You won't be watching Naruto for. Or One Piece. <laughs> it's got All like right. 900 on the episode. Well, if people are looking for one piece of advice as far as where to find you or follow you and they want to hear more of what you got to say, where can they locate you at? You can follow me on Twitter at goodies underscore more. I'm on Instagram at gamergoodiesmore. And you can check out my eBay store where I've got all the cool stuff for you to purchase at ebay.com forward slash str forward slash gamergoodiesandmore. Excellent. All right. And if you want, you can follow me on Twitter at MikePetersonAL. My YouTube channel is MC Paperstacks Plays. And my Twitch streaming is twitch.tv slash MC Paperstacks. Still doing a mainstream Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays at 8. Right now I'm finishing up Last of Us Part 2. And then after that I'll be Final Fantasy VII Remake until Cyberpunk comes out. Uh, Friday Night Frights, still going strong. Monday night doing Brawlers. We're doing Dynasty Warriors 9 this uh, tomorrow, actually, as of the time of you listening to this recording. And that's that's going to be an episode, all right. As far as episodes of the podcast, you can check us out every single Sunday. We upload at our hub at anchor.fm slash player2 has entered the pod. But you can find us pretty much anywhere podcasts are hosted. Breaker. Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Feel free to email us if you have any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, feedback, mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. And if you're on Facebook looking for a local gamer group to chat about games, I got a lot of lurkers on mine, so it's basically me posting, but come on and help me out with that. You can join me at facebook.com slash group slash indie gamers. All right. Well, thanks for stopping by, Derek. Love to do an in-person episode, and we will see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Peace.